Back in the 1780s, the settlers in what was then far western North Carolina, now Tennessee, decided it'd be best for them to set up their own state government separate from the one in Raleigh. Thus, the state of Franklin was born. That state lasted four years, from 1784 to 1788, with tensions rising over the years between Franklin and North Carolina supporters. In early 1788, that tension led to a famous battle. And today we tell you that story. Hello folks, I'm Steve Gilley, along with Rod Mullins, and this is Stories, A History of Appalachia. Steve, I've always been intrigued by the state of Franklin. I've heard that in advertisements. I've heard it mentioned, of course, in history and so forth. But I didn't know that there was a battle or a, you know, at least a very tense situation and battle that took place between some of the residents of Franklin and North Carolina supporters. This got pretty heated, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a very famous battle. It uh, took place at the Tipton Haynes Farm. And yes. That's, that's now a historical site in Washington County, and people can go there and take a look around and get information about this battle. But we're going to tell you that story today. Hmm. Well, folks, the idea of forming a new state in what's now East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia came about toward the end of the Revolutionary War. The state of Frankland, that's F-A-R-N-K-L-A-N-D, was proposed originally, which would have made up of the Holston and Watauga settlements and then areas over in Southwest Virginia. Well, that idea didn't pan out, especially after the then governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry, managed to get a law passed, making it illegal for residents of the state to form a new state from Virginia territory. So instead, in 1784, the residents of far western North Carolina formed their own new state, the state of Franklin. They petitioned for entry into the United States and, in support of that petition, contacted Benjamin Franklin by letter for whom they named the proposed new state and asked him for his blessing, if nothing else. Franklin Rod politely declined, and the would-be state was on its own. Well, that, you know, in one way didn't help matters much, but by 1786, North Carolina decided that it wanted to exert its own control over that western territory. In late 1786, North Carolina offered to waive all back taxes if Franklin would dissolve itself and submit to the authority of Raleigh. Well, this offer was rejected in 1787, so North Carolina sent in troops under the leadership of Colonel John Tipton and reestablished its own courts, jails, and government at Jonesboro, right next to Franklin's. Now, there were now two rival administrations in the same place. Franklin had its own counties, sheriffs, constables, courts, county offices. So did North Carolina. So the big question was that most people were asking, like I'm sure you are, Steve, who to pay taxes to? Oh, yeah. You don't want to be paying taxes twice if you can help it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that question led to a famous battle. In February 1788, the North Carolina Sheriff Jonathan Pugh was ordered by the North Carolina County Court under Colonel John Tipton to seize property belonging to John Sevier, the governor of Franklin, for taxes that had not been paid to North Carolina. The sheriff did as he was ordered and seized some of Sevier's property, including several slaves, when he was away from his Washington County home in Greene County. That property and those slaves were brought to Tipton's cabin for safekeeping by the sheriff. Now, when Governor Sevier got word what just 
it happened a few days later, he pretty much lost it. He already had an issue with Colonel Tifton, so bad, in fact, that many characterized it as a full-on feud. Severe charge that Sheriff Pugh had violated the Franklin Act that had been passed in March 1787. That bit of legislation made it illegal to perform any official act under North Carolina authority, passed by, of course, the state of Franklin. To do so would subject a person to punishment. But at this time, Severe was more interested in getting back what was his rightful property, not to mete out that punishment. Well, he raised a group of volunteers in Greenville and proceeded to march to John Tipton's cabin to get his property and his slaves back. On the way out of Greenville, the men were met by Reverend Thomas Ware, who tried to persuade them not to march on Tipton's cabin, but they were having none of it, believing him to be an ally of Tipton. The men were so upset by Ware's attempts to stop them, they decided to seize him and send him to Governor Severe to be tried as a spy, but Ware managed to escape capture. By this point, John Tipton had been warned about Severe and his intentions. He ordered his militia subordinate to gather his men and come to Tipton cabin immediately to defend it. And Tipton was very worried about what might happen. For in the communication to his subordinate, Major Robert Love, he wrote, Let no time be lost. Love's force arrived not long before the Franklinites arrived and made their way into Colonel Tipton's cabin. On February 27th, Governor Severe and his men arrived at the Tipton cabin, where they set up positions on the property. Colonel Tipton was surrounded. Inside with him were his wife Martha, the rest of his family, and some close friends and supporters. Severe requested that Tipton and his party surrender to the Franklinites within 30 minutes. Tipton ignored that request. Well, soon a group of armed Tiptonites arrived from Washington County under the command of Captain Peter Parkinson. As they approached the cabin, the Franklin men opened fire near the Tipton Spring and Stillhouses, resulting in the death of a horse and five Tipton men captured. Tensions were now sky high, and it was at this time that two young women happened to pass by the cabin on horseback. Apparently startled shots were fired, and one of the women was shot through the shoulder. The battle soon turned into a siege as the Franklin men remained outside the cabin for the rest of the day, into the night, and on into the next day. On the 28th, Severe again sent in a white truce flag and another request to surrender. Tipton was just as adamant on this day as he was on the day before. He replied that he would gladly surrender just as soon as the men outside his cabin door agreed to submit to the laws and the authority of the state of North Carolina. Tipton rejected such a ridiculous proposal outright and prepared for a long siege. That wasn't to be, though. Major Robert Love had managed to sneak out of the Tipton cabin during the night of the 27th and joined up with his brother Thomas to raise a small party of reinforcements. They made it back to the cabin the next night and managed to evade the Franklinites to re-enter the cabin. On February 29th, a force of North Carolina loyalists arrived from Sullivan County as a heavy snow was falling. On reaching the cabin, shots began to ring out, and the element of surprise now gone, Colonel Tipton decided that this was as good a time as any to go on the attack. Out of the cabin came Tipton and his men, and the Battle of the State of Franklin was on. 
Well, the fighting lasted all of 10 minutes, with Tipton's men forcing Severe to retreat to Jonesboro. Some men were captured and wounded on both sides, and three men killed, two being North Carolina men and one a Franklinite. And Rod, the sheriff who started the whole mess, remember him, Jonathan Pugh? Mm-hmm. He was one of the wounded men, wounded in the chest, and he died a few days later. Tipton and his men pursued Severe's forces to Jonesboro. As they moved, a message arrived from Severe to Tipton, asking for time to consider terms of surrender. Tipton gave Severe until March 11th to do so. On March 3rd, 1788, John Severe sent his reply. By this time, his term as governor had ended, and Franklin was near its end as well. Well, Severe replied as the president of the Franklin Council, stating that it wished for peace. Tipton wanted Severe to submit to North Carolina authority and law, but Severe was silent on that issue in his message. This apparently was sufficient for John Tipton, likely because it was now obvious that Franklin was fast fading away. The men captured in the battle were released and returned home. No word on what happened to John Severe's seized property except one male slave named Toby. He had managed to escape the Tipton cabin during the confusion of the battle by taking a horse and riding away. He eventually made his way back to Severe. Well, John Severe remained in charge of Franklin, or what was left of it. Severe tried to put Franklin under Spanish rule, and this was too much for North Carolina, which arrested him in August and put him in jail. Supporters of John Severe broke him out of jail, and they retreated to what's known as Lesser Franklin, mainly the present-day Cock County and Sevier Counties in Tennessee, in February 1789. That was only a temporary reprieve, with Severe and his men giving up and swearing allegiance to North Carolina later that year, and Franklin disappearing into the midst of history. Wow. I've always heard that term, too, disappearing into the mists of history and the state of Franklin, you know, just like the the fog or whatever. I mean, wow, that's, you know, it, it sounds like a short little battle. Was it anything that was maybe of a major big-time skirmish like in the Revolutionary War? But it was enough for these guys to fight for at least the independence of that region that they wanted to call Franklin. Yeah, and I think it had its significance in the fact that I suppose if Severe had won, that would have energized his supporters and maybe allowed Franklin to hang on a little bit longer. But as it turned out, no, it just sort of hastened the death of that proposed state. And folks, that's the story of the Battle of the State of Franklin, another bit of the history of this place we call home, Appalachia. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Stories Podcast in a whole bunch of ways at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Audible, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or if you don't like any of those, just pick your own favorite podcast app. Till next we meet, y'all take care. So long, everybody. <laughs>